Good morning, church. This morning, as we look into the scripture about in Romans, we get three things. But my question is this. How many of you have ever been guilt-tripped into doing something you probably wouldn't have done without the guilt? We, meaning me and thus I think the rest of the human populace, often feel obliged to do certain things in our lives. And, we, and, and often the thing that makes us feel obliged is some sort of guilt that has been applied to us or an attempt to guilt trip us into doing something. But, but this, this is not the way of Christ. It's not the way. So this morning, let's read the text in Romans that we're going to do, and then I'll go in and talk about the about this. Okay, so there are three I am's in the later section of this. I will point them back out. So this is Romans 8, 1, 8 through 17. Let me first say that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I, have, for I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned to visit you many times, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation. There's the first I am that we're going to talk about today. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I'm eager, there's the second one, so I'm eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. Here's the third one. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first, and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Okay, so here's the first. There are three I am's that Paul is talking about. There were some I do's. I always do this, but here's the I am's. The first one, I am under a sense of obligation. The second one, I'm eager to come. And the third one, I am not ashamed. Actually, in some ways, this is the opposite of what he means to say, and it's a way of saying it much stronger in the original language. It's not only that he's not ashamed, he is outright, downright excited about the gospel of, of Christ. 
But let's talk about the last one first, because that I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power for salvation because it brings with it the righteousness of God from faith for faith. That's the way the Greek the daikasune gototheo. That's the righteousness of God, which we often think when we hear the righteousness of God, we hear literally that God is righteous from the throne judging, that this is how he judges. But that's not the way or the sense that Paul is talking about this. And this is this little piece of thing right here is literally going to explain and be the foundation for understanding the whole rest of the Bible. So we've had a foundation of Paul's obedience and now what he's going to be talking about. And it's this, the righteousness from God for us from faith for faith. The righteousness of God. This is not the righteousness of God that he judges with, although that righteousness we have already accepted if we're in faith. We've already accepted that he's that he has the right to judge when we have faith. But that is not what's going on here. What he's talking about here is that when we accept that right for him to judge and the gift of life from Christ, it begins to create faith and build faith. The righteousness of God starts to take root in his people. He's under a great sense of obligation and eager to bring this message of the righteousness of God, taking root, building faith, start to finish, as the scriptures say, that it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now, what does that mean that, that we begin to be righteous it means something actually that the other two IMs that Paul has, now we're ready to start to talk about what that what those first ones, what does it mean that we're ready to hear about Paul's understanding? What does it mean that he's under a great sense of obligation? Not now it doesn't mean or should never be taken to understand that Jesus is forcing him to do anything because that is just not the way Christ does it. The way Christ begins to work and grow in us, the character of God, the righteousness of God, that's the source of the righteousness, the righteousness of God comes and it builds our faith and grows within our faith that that is taking on the character of God. And thus we begin to live out the very thing that Paul is talking about when, we're, when we see him again in a different place in Philippians 2. This is, this is what he says there. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Do you see that? That's not a guilt trip faith. That's not what's being done. Our families might do that uh, on this Mother's Day. Sometimes our mothers might have done that. 
But that is not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in their needs too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That's the righteousness from God, for from faith, for faith, from faith. All this stuff, the righteousness from God does this, that though he was God, he didn't think that being equal with God was something that he had to grasp or cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Now, how did he give those up? Did he Was he forced into it? No. He took a humble position as a slave and being born as a human being, when he appeared in a human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, because of that, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Right, this, what we're, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That little thing is what happens when when the mind of Christ, the righteousness of God, the character of God within his people begins to take root and do all this. It explains in 1 Peter 5 some of this other stuff that's going on. Like when you do all this, you will receive the crown of glory that of unending glory. That's what Jesus gets here, that at every name. Let me go there for a second, because now it's time that once we talk about the mind of Christ, now we're ready for the third I am. I am eager, right? I'm eager to bring this the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. I'm not ashamed of it. I am eager and I'm under obligation through the love of God to do that. But now I'm eager. The character of God has been built in me. Let's read this from 1 Peter 5, 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. Now, this isn't even Paul. This is Peter talking. And as a witness of Christ's suffering, all who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God flock, God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, right? Not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. You're eager as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over to those who entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Do you, do you hear this whole thing that this is that this is the historic faith, but this is an example of what Paul is going to be talking about in the book of Romans, that that we are to have this righteousness of God from faith for faith start to take root in our lives. And when it does, now we might be able to use the language of 
I have a great sense of obligation because of what Christ has done for me. I feel driven. I feel called. I have an obligation to do what he's asked me to do. But that is within us. That is not from Jesus driving us, driving us into this thing going, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to make you do it if you don't want to. That's not what's going on. What's going on here is that becoming a willing servant a loving child of God is literally both a sense of obligation, something that we do because God gave us something that, that wasn't going to be ours on our own, that we couldn't earn the righteousness of God. But that righteousness of God then builds in us a desire and a character that serves Jesus Christ in the way that is best, that we're shaped for, that we're called to do. And so there's this sense of obligation, but not through guilt, but righteousness, the character of God inside of us, the mind of Christ, the character of God, the righteousness from faith, for faith, the righteousness that comes from God to those who've accepted this faith. I am not ashamed of the gospel for Jesus Christ, who, who has the power of salvation. That's the language there, the power of salvation. I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. And once we are saved, then we don't just sit there once saved, always saved. We we come and have a deep, abiding, growing faith that just cannot, will not be stopped in guilt, but is eager and building in us. This morning, church, I hope that you found a place that, that you feel driven internally to do from the love of God that you would eager to do. If you, if you are eager to serve and you haven't found that place, Come talk to me and we'll find a place for you to serve. We will do that. But, but if you're eager to serve, serve in the righteousness of Christ, not out of, not out of being forced to do it, but out of that sense and that call of the righteousness of, uh, born out of the righteousness of God that he plants in us from faith for faith. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning, this morning as we come to you, as we hear your word, as we begin to, to work our way into the book of Romans, Lord Jesus, I specifically ask that you would build in us both an eager heart and a sense of obligation from the righteousness that you plant in us, not out of guilt, but because your character is building in us, Lord Jesus. In your precious name, amen.